Welcome everybody to the Penalty Box for another episode of Drop the Gloves. I am co-host Charlie. And I am co-host Mike. Mike is back! Woo! Welcome to a show where we drink beer, talk sports, and have all kinds of shenanigans. Last week I was solo and the shenanigans were... Eh, how are the shenanigans? Did you listen to the episode? I listened to the episode, the shenanigans. I missed me. You missed you? <laughs> yes. You, you, you found spots in the, in yeah, the episode I, where I you did. were like, oh, I should have. I could have chimed in there. But I'm not going to critique you. It couldn't be helped. I didn't want to get you nor uh, the CEO uh, sick. So... I was recovering myself, so I mean, even if you came, it would have been like, yeah, we've had it. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't, I didn't want the whole episode going, <coughs> sucking snot and coughing, so summer colds, you gotta love them. Summer colds are weird. It's like, how, how do you get it? That, that's the question. Well, when you work in a warehouse where everybody's talking to one another, it kind of spreads like wildfire. It's like one day it's one person, the next day it's somebody else. So the one girl I work with, she was sick Monday, and then I started feeling it Monday afternoon and in my throat and my in my nose, and then Tuesday I was out for the count. <laughs> and then I went to work Wednesday, worked until two thirty, and they sent me home because I look like dog shit. <laughs> They're like, Mike, you look bad. I'm like. This is my general... <laughs> well, gee, thanks. You look like a million bucks, too, asshole. <laughs> but, no, seriously, they go, you look... In other words, you look worse than you... More worse than what you already do. <laughs> Still, thanks. Yeah, well... <laughs> All right, but enough sick talk. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not about that. And uh, It's time to crack open some beers, because... Man, it is hotter than a coal miner's ass in Utah, man. It's freaking hot out there. No, it's hotter than a hotter than the devil's nutsack on a cold January afternoon. Just go with it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that that shenanigan didn't make it last week. So, all right, Mike. We're, we've got so much. In the fridge, guys, so much. What are we doing? What, what, you know what? What's first? Uh, let, let's try the uh, the Steve Weisers. The Steve Weisers, guys, it's been freaking forever. And we call and we said we wanted to try this like months ago. I think March when it came out, we wanted to yeah. try this. But now we finally got them. So, Mike, I'll let you do the honors. You brought it. So, so. Uh, I don't even know how to, the L Segundo Segundo Brewing Company. <laughs> wow, the Segundo got you, and then after that, it was like all downhill from there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager, and I want to thank uh, Mr. Ryan Tumbler for uh, finding these for us. Uh, we got he he found them at the party source. I knew they'd be at the party yeah, stores it just, because I'm, that's where we found the IPAs last year. Well, I was at like 20 different liquor stores trying to find these sons of bitches. Well, when we went to Jungle Gems, I was looking for these too. Yeah. And that, and I, I knew uh, El Segundo was in California, and I was like, yeah, you went, oh, I know what it was. You went You went to stand in line to get a... Uh, the, the Alaskan beer? The Alaskan beer, 
and at, at Jungle Gyms, and because they served alcohol on the premises, you could drink and shop at the same time. Jungle Gyms is awesome, guys. And so you were in line, and I looked up and I saw, I saw the American Lager. I was like, oh, I wonder if they have if they have it in cans. Yeah. So I go and leave. Oh yeah, because they were. I got up there and they said that they were. I was wanting that, and they were they were out. So, but it's uh, four point eight percent alcohol by volume. Oh yes, please. Uh, this beer is the ultimate reward for a hard day's work. Brewed with the best American-grown barley and hops, Broken Skull American Lager goes down as easy as a three-day weekend. Cheers to those who are out there earning it. Thank you, Steve. You know what? What? I'll drink to that. Oh, I'll drink to that. But like any good alcoholic, I'll... What, we don't have our glasses? We, we don't have the glass. I was looking over... Oops. Oh, oh. Eh. eh. Who cares? Sorry, guys, you don't get to see the color on, the, on uh, this week's episode. All right, and three, three two, two, one. Crack it! Oh, that was missed last week, too. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, uh, as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. The, the weight, well worth the weight. Oh, man. Steve... IPA and the lager, both good. Out of the park. One, two, three. That's it. It's like, man, what is next? What do you think he would make next? Think he'd make it like, like a amber ale? Or, I don't know. Or like a, or an Irish red or something. Steve, Steve, Steve's a redneck. I, I get that he's a redneck, but I mean the first beer you come out with is with with is an IPA because everybody <coughs> does IPAs. You're a craft brewery, you do an IPA. It seems to be like the first thing you do if you start a craft beer thing. But if you and me start Drop the Gloves Brewery and that or brewing company, IPA will never touch. It, it, it will never be on the list. And most people will be like, well that's stupid. Why don't you open up to the IPA market? Because we don't like the IPA market. You know what? <laughs> and and if we hire a brewer who is going to make an IPA and he goes, well, what do you think about this one? What do you think about this one? And he wants us to taste test it. I'll be like, dude, you better get a spit bucket ready. <laughs> Actually, when I was when I was out on my travels last night, I did see an old bank that is sitting empty in the Bellevue area. Oh. God. Gosh. And and I, Ryan's like you saw the four lease sign and we're like hmm I wonder what we could put there oh Ryan Ryan was like no oh, they could put a restaurant or a little shop and I was like nah that's that's dropped the gloves brewing company right there D T D T G B right there man that would be a mouthful. Yeah, it would. And, and I was like, TGB, babe. You could have, you could ask Ryan. I was like, I was just like, <laughs> right next to a pizza place. Get, get a food truck. I did so. We, I did, we'll get a food truck. Um, I did see on the way to what, what, Braxton. On the way to Braxton last night. Yeah. The right, the brewery, not the barrel, mm-hmm. not the one that we're visiting tomorrow. Yeah. But on the way there, I did see a Texas it was a Texas or Tex Texas Joe food truck 
which I've had before, mm-hmm. fan freaking tastic, and yeah, I was like, hmm. So, so going down the whole one day the brewery rap, rabbit hole, and I, so before we get into sports, um, so. For food, you're think what what would you think if if it's drop the gloves, brewing? Yeah, and that, and it's our own brewery slash bar. What's the food? Is it is it barbecue? Is it pizza? Is it burgers? American? Because here's my thought: is um, after watching so many episodes of Bar Rescue, yeah, and that one of the things that uh, Brittany picked up and like looked at me and said, "Did you catch that?" And I said, "What?" And it was the whole uh, food menu. You don't want to have so many options yeah. for food. And I've written down so many different stuff on the book or in the book for the for the brewery or for the bar that's like it's a, it could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. So I thought about it, and I was like, "What if we did um, brews and pucks, and the pucks are burger sliders?" That's not a bad idea. And we do sliders, but each slider will be a different name or something, and we'll do like five different sliders or something, and we'll, there'll be like a chicken slider for the people who want chicken. We'll have the beef patty, and but I mean, we can serve the beef patty or the chicken in different ways and call it like the grinder or the the enforcer, the 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 goal scorer, the or something like yeah, that. the sniper or the sniper. Yeah, I mean, and that the saucy and that the sauce passer or whatever. Or the, or the celly. Yeah, the so, Yeah, it's like you can take it in different ways you want to. And that, and we just call, and it could be drop the gloves, brew, brewing company, brews and pucks. What do you think? I like that. But that's my idea. So going back to the question, what do you, what, do you, what would you think, though? Well, you got to take in consideration where where we're located. The Cincinnati area. It's pretty much a chili, Cincinnati chili kind of thing. But you got you got your that that was one. Th- one thing. Well, I mean, if you do chili, the thing is, we're I I don't want to compete. Well, with, yeah, with that's the market. A, yeah, I don't want to compete with the market of chili. You got Skyline, Gold Star, Dixie, Dixie Empress, Empress, and then you got uh, was it Fort Washington? Yeah, Fort Washington, Price Hill, uh, Blue Ash, Blue Ash. But nobody goes to Blue Ash Chili for the chili. <laughs> I go for the. I the, go for the double deckers. I go for the poutine. Hmm. The gravy fries. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I know what poutine is. This is not. It's not the first time I've heard it, and I've seen it. Brittany has ordered poutine burgers. Well, we fries had, I had it. Time. I had it when we went to the little uh, that. Uh, we now pause for food identification. <laughs> the the little, the place uh, next to Jungle Gyms. I think it was tater tots that I had with the gravy. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, Highway 55. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was a. That was a dive. <laughs> that was, was a dive establishment. But it was good. But it was good. No, don't get me wrong. Still good. D- dives are pretty good. They can be hit or misses. Yeah. They, they really can. They can be hit or misses. And so uh, where we're going this week is the Braxton Barrel House. Uh, announced it last week's episode, The Drunken Ramblings of Me, Charlie. Um, and uh, announced that we're going... Uh, 
our buddy Ryan is tagging along with us. Yep. I've reached out to a few other people to see if they'd be interested in going. Haven't heard back, but if they don't come, it's okay. We're still going. We're going to check it out. Well, you'll check it out for the first time. I'll be going for the second time because I scouted the place with my with my pops. So. And to correct you, I did not call you a douche, a douche nozzle. I, called I don't you, remember. I called you an asshat. Asshat. Okay. I don't know why I had douche nozzle in my head. Well, it was one of the things I one of the things I do say. So. Uh, it is one of the things you say or call people. It's like I thought he called me that. Okay. Asshat, douche nozzle, whatever. Whatevs. But yeah, that's where we're going. Uh, hopefully, add another sticker to the wall. Um. The food's good. It's uh, Mexican or like, uh, what is it? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's Mexican, but I mean it's Mexican themed or okay. style. Style. And then you got quesadillas, got tacos. Quesadillas. Quesadillas. Dillas. Dias. I'm <laughs> with you, Charlie. <laughs> I know you are, it's like, and I'm correcting you because I'm with you too. Dias. Dillas. Dias. <laughs> and Aren't you glad you had me back yes, this week? Because now I can drink. Because now I can actually drink beer. Because I had to talk and then I had to correctly time when I was going to take a sip and everything. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you back, dude. And real quick, before we get into sports. Sports! sports. And that major news on the analytics. Okay. A toast to. Oh, Canada. They have reached a new milestone in analytics. We have now reached double digits in the percentage of listenerships. Yeah! Over 10% of our listenership is now Canada. Thank you, Canada. That is... That is freaking amazeballs. And for the first time ever, our USA listenership has dropped below 92 which means Canada has taken away some of our USA listenership yeah. numbers because there's more Canada than there are US now. Um, Germany has gone up another percent as well. United Kingdom is around close to two. And that, and everybody else is like one or less. Yeah. And it's okay. It's like, I check the, I don't, I try not to check the analytics until the day of recording anymore. Yeah. Like I go, okay. It's been a week. What was last week? Well, how how good was last week's episode? And I checked, and numbers were like, "Ooh, this! I did pretty good by myself. Not great, but I did pretty good." And then I looked at the analytics, and I saw Canada was at like eleven percent. I was like, "Canada! Wow! Well, you it, guys it, are man! I give you, I give these people shit like almost every week." And yet, they are coming back for more. It's like, wow, Canada, thank you. You guys are tough well, SOPs. Uh, they, they don't have any teams in the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, I told you, they were getting bored. <laughs> They're like, oh, listen, let's listen to these two American jackasses, eh? Uh, they're getting bored. I mean, they got nothing to look forward to until uh, CFL comes back and then the NHL comes back. I mean, True. I mean, they had the they had the Canadian Golf Open like I think last weekend, and there were people showing up there with the uh, hockey jerseys on. It's like, 
Wow. That's dedication right there. That That's dedication. One guy had a Winnipeg Jets jersey. Somebody had a Mitch Marner Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And then I saw one guy, he te- he started his day off uh, hole number one uh, swinging the golf club with hockey gloves on. He's like, if I'm going to start this tournament, I'm going to start it off right. And I was like, that, that is dedication right there. That is true hockey dedication right there. You're going to wear a jersey up for a golf tournament in the middle of Canada. It's like, I, I don't think I'd do that. Then again, you wouldn't call, you wouldn't catch me at a golf tournament. <laughs> it's like, so Canada, thank you guys. Thank you so much. So cheers again. Cheers again. Yeah. And then, We're that, invading the Great White North. And I think that's the last time you'll ever hear us talk about golf on this show. Uh, maybe. <laughs> you never know. Eventually our, our horizons could broaden. You just never know. Just never know. All right. We, we rambled and went down a rabbit hole or two. Food, beer, and everything else in between. So let's get to the main topic. Sports! Sports! All right. So, Mike, you saw something what? earlier today or Which, earlier this week. What, what well, it, was, it was early today. Earlier today. And I, I saw it too. But for our listeners, tell us what you saw and we'll dive I, into it. I took today off work, and uh, I was going rolling through Facebook, and I saw this uh, tweet or saw a picture of a tweet that somebody sent out, and it said on the lines on the lo- the lo- today junior today junior it said there should be a day where only the original six in hockey should play every team besides. The original six played. It's Boston, Detroit, Chicago, New York, Toronto, and Montreal. Yeah, everyone plays. That's Those six teams play. That's it. Everyone else gets a day off. All games on national TV in both the U.S. and Canada. And make it a history lesson for the next generation. And uh, I totally agree. I agree, too. I, I think that's an excellent idea. And I saw it and I put it in the drop the gloves Instagram story and said hey somebody get Gary the ass Batman on the phone we need to make this happen uh, and, and you and me were talking about it before we even started recording. yeah I didn't and I didn't even see I didn't even see the the your story I was like right. we it's must okay. have telekinet use telekinesis to uh our brains work as one at some times. Yeah. The, the, eventually the reception gets in. <laughs> it, it gets a little scrambled. You, you got to bend one of those bunny ears one way. <laughs> Going back to the original six idea. One hell of an idea. How it has not happened yet blows my mind. Because, I mean, this is an excellent idea. And, and we were talking about how, how do you should, do the It games? should hap- happen twi- twice a year because you have... You do have a home and home. I, I would agree with that. We didn't talk about that before. Um, yeah. Or, or when they schedule, or when they do the schedule, you make sure that because you got the six teams during the year, you sh- that should be boom, 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 where everybody else is off. And we didn't see, I, I just saw that. 
where everybody else is off, and those team, the team, the six teams play. Yeah, only those six teams play three games, one day. That's it, and then you do it twice a year, to where you do, and it's the same matchup. It's the same matchup. You don't try and make it too confusing where other teams are. Other teams are playing each other during this original six day. Yeah. It could get a little confusing. But you make it a day where Boston plays New York. One day it'll be at Boston. Someday later in the season it'll be at New it'll be at New York. Yeah. And then it's the same way with Toronto and Montreal and Chicago and Detroit. And that to where those six teams still play the same day. National TV, all three games, space them out accordingly to where you don't have other games interfering with other games unless there's overtime or a shootout or whatever. Um, But, and then you have it like, let's say you have the first matchup in December and then the next matchup in like January or February. Something like that. Yeah. So you space them out, but it's still the same six teams, and they just switch home arenas. They go home and home. Right. And that, and then we were talking about making at least one of the games a stadium series game. Correct. And that so like one year it'll be New York versus Boston at uh, Fenway Park, and that that's a stadium series. That'll be there that year. Or Gillette game. Stadium. Or Gillette Stadium. That's their stadium series game. And then the following year, it could be Chicago and Detroit, and you're playing at Soldier Field. And that's the stadium series for that year. Uh, So do it that way, and then the other two games are still played inside at somebody's home arena. Right. Uh, I think it's a great idea. I I seriously think somebody needs to call Gary the Ass Batman up on the phone and be like, Hey, dumbass, why haven't you thought of this? You've been in the freaking, you've been in the commissioner spot for 29 years. You haven't thought of this? Come on, dude. What's the matter with you? What are you, what are you too busy trying to get rid of fighting to actually, you know, do something that the fans actually want? No, he's too busy. Uh, him and uh, Crosby are too busy, you know, doing what they're doing. Now, see, see, I think sometimes it's a threesome. <laughs> so, sometimes I think it's. Uh, we just took a hard left. I, I, I think it's Batman, uh, Pierre, and Crosby. And I think all three of them are doing something uh, together. Because Pierre, and uh, Pierre would go. Where? Yeah. He would go wherever uh, Sydney went for, for televised games. And it's like, oh, oh, Crosby's uh, doing a televised game on a, on a Saturday night. Oh. Uh, Oh, it's in Edmonton? Oh, yeah, I got to be there. It's like, he, he has separation anxiety. He can't be that far away from his boyfriend. He, he can't. I, 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 I just had this mental image. And I, that, that. I mean, he probably even rides the team bus. Pierre Maguire probably even rides the team bus. Where it's like, and then he's like, hey, hey, you, you can't sit here. I'm saving this spot for Sydney. I'm, I'm saving this spot for Sydney. And then Malkin gets on and is like, hey, Pierre, mind if I sit here? No, no, no. I, I'm saving this spot for Sydney. <laughs> it's like, Pierre has separation anxiety. <laughs> how, how he was able to get through a whole season of being hired by Ottawa 
Pierre was. Pierre yeah. was hired by Ottawa and then let go after this year. He only made it. At, he made it one season in Ottawa. That should tell you something. He's he's an ass. He's an idiot. <laughs> Asshole. Idiot. Doesn't matter. You take a pick. Either one. And then, but he probably also had separation anxiety. He probably was calling up Crosby every uh, every night, going, "Hey, do you still think about me?" <laughs> Uh, do you do you miss me interviewing you in between periods? <laughs> I got I got to get this out because I'm about ready to lose it. So Sydney Cross or Sydney Pierre and Gary are probably snorting crack off of Russian hookers on the team bus. Do you, Do you think that's what Crosby was talking to? Uh, uh, Ovechkin or Malkin about or something be like, hey Malkin, you're Russian. And uh, do you know any uh, know any girls of the night? You know, ladies of the night. Do you know where I can find them? Me, Pierre, and Gary were were wondering. Malkin's probably going, really? All three of you guys are interested in girls? I thought you guys were all a, a thruple. I thought you guys were a thruple. Oh, I didn't know you guys had an open relationship. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I wouldn't have had this. I wouldn't have had this material if you were if you were here. See, we feed off each other. And I was like, I was trying not to say the Russian hookers throwing crack off Russian hookers' asses, but. And, and then I took it back to my original thing where it's like, th- these guys aren't interested in girls. They're a throuple. They have a thing. We're a family show. <laughs> Bold freaking shit, we're a family show. You, Charlie, I'm joking. Gosh. <laughs> no, this, this is for our Philly listeners that don't like Sidney Crosby. Still 100% Philly. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of Philly, good segue, my friend. Oh, yeah. So, breaking news. I wouldn't even call it breaking news. You guys are going to hear this on Sunday. You've already heard about it on Thursday night. Um, but Torts. The dream that I had last week is dead. I wanted, <coughs> I wanted John Tortorella to be the next head coach of the Boston Bruins. But unfortunately... Things happened that were out of our control, and the dream is dead. John Tortorella is now the 23rd head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. And also, Bruce Cassidy has been hired by the Vegas Golden Knights, which now leaves Barry Trotz without a home. And Brad sent me a message today saying, Trotz is going to Boston. He has a feeling Barry Trotz is going to be the next head coach of the Boston Bruins. I'd be okay with it. It's not the dream. I wanted John Tortorella. I wanted John Tortorella. But the dream is dead. And John Tortorella is back behind a freaking NHL bench. He, he did not belong in a cushy ESPN analyst position. So... Good luck to John. Good luck to the Philadelphia Flyers. Even though they're a division rival with the Boston Bruins, good luck to you guys. I'll try not to give you guys too much crap next season. You know what? 
I saw this on Facebook also today. It says, Tortorella can't turn the, the flyers around, but his press pre, pressers are going to be lit. That's all I care about. I just want to see his pressers. I just want to see the post game. And I, I, I want to I see him mad, riled up, angry. Some stupid interviewer asks him a dumb question, and he just looks at him like, were you born yesterday? What the frick is the matter with you? Oh, I had a line. I had a line, and I can't now. I can't remember it. I'm going to take a little, a slight journey down a rabbit hole. Detour. Detour. So, I was watching The Boys. It's an Amazon Prime show. It's a comic book that they made into a TV show, and then there's these characters who are supposed to be like. You know, there's this one character is Homelander. He's supposed to be a knockoff of Superman. But Homelander said something to this girl about, is her brain effing stupid? <laughs> it, it was, he, that was the line. The line but, was, is your brain stupid? But I don't remember. But you don't remember, remember the, the whole exchange. The whole exchange. And then later in the episode, she uses it on this... She uses it on the sky that is supposed to be like a suit in the, all, the this building. I, I It don't matter. It's just... But yeah. You don't so, need to go into detail. It's like, no, I don't have Amazon Prime. I, I'm not going to... All of a sudden, subscribe to to Amazon. I'm not going to talk you into no, watching no, the boys. No, it, it's just you know, it's a good show. Okay, and I, I was just like, get to the <laughs> line. It's like, what's the line? Yeah. So, the, it, are are you saying is that what John Tortorella would say to a dumb uh, the, yeah interviewer? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was getting at. Okay. That was, that's what I was that long that that whole little segue was <laughs> yeah, just to say that's what John Tortorella would say during a press that whole that whole rambling of nonsensical bullshit the, the whole that was yeah it was what, all about yeah the whole Amazon Prime there's a show it's a knockoff they're trying to make fun of all these superheroes it's like okay what's the line what's the line I'm like so I hate to build it up eh, no you didn't. I'm gone one week and I can't put a common thought together. It's like, dude, you had a week to, you know, get your, like, t -t 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 today, Junior. Come on, Bubba. <laughs> really? I, the only reason I brought up the whole "come on, Bubba" is because I was wa I watched uh, the uh, Stone Cold um, Broken Skull sessions with uh, Bubba Ray. Uh, and, I, and I thought that was a pretty good episode. and Because he was asking him, where did the stuttering come from? And stuff like that. And when you stutter and you can't, like, get your thought out, I, I seriously want to, like, knock you like uh, the the Dudley boys did as their stick, where uh, Bubba's, like, trying to talk, and then all of a sudden, like, somebody jabs at him, and then he's, like, so articulate or something like that. It's like, come on, Bubba. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll so, give you that. so that segue from the whole today, Junior, to the whole boys, to back to John Tortorella saying, "Is your brain effing stupid?" To a dumb interviewer, the pressers will be awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And that's so. And did you did you happen to see Brandon Dubinsky 
uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets player tweet out saying good luck to the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> after the hiring of John Tortorella. No, I didn't see Obviously, that. Obviously, he is not a fan of John Tortorella. Obviously, Dubinsky did not like John Tortorella as the coach at Columbus. Hey, well. It's like... There's so many different coaching styles. You got I mean, it is hard to get used to different ones that come down the pike every so often. But I feel like John Tortorella has a pretty good idea of how to of what he's doing. Yeah. And that maybe there are some people who don't like him or maybe he has methods or the the way he talks to his players or the way he like disciplines his players. I mean, cuz he he made uh who is it? Patrick uh, Lane Sit on the bench for however many minutes one game back when he was still coaching Columbus, and people were like, "What's the deal? What's the deal with between uh, Lane and uh, Tortorella? What, what's going on there? Is there friction or something?" Lane took it with a grain of salt. It was like he's the coach. He tells me when I get on the ice, when I don't get on the ice. Yeah, because he was uh, he was sandbagging it. Yeah, Lane was yeah sandbagging it. He was phoning it in. It was like. Riding the gravy train, putting putting in the least amount of work on the ice. It's like yeah, you can't Tor- do that. Torts ain't interested in you giving it fifty percent of your effort, even though you play for a a I'll say a small market team in yeah. the NHL. Don't matter. You're a superstar. You need to go out there and play like you're a superstar every game. Unless you're sick, unless you got something wrong with you, then you shouldn't be on the bench. But you're a superstar. We got you in this superstar trade between Winnipeg and Columbus, and you're here phoning it in. It's yeah. like, dude, you not do you not realize how big of an impact you could make to this team just by his, showing up 110 percent. And then his his story changed during the season where he was giving it 110 percent. But Torts would disagree because Torts was that was the reason why he benched him for so long. Well, after a while, I was saying it was after that he benched him. He started playing. Oh, oh, okay. He started playing. Oh, okay. So after he benched, the wake up call came. Yeah. Like, was like, hey, like, dipshit. Yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta get into beast mode. Yeah. Yeah. So, congrats to Philly. It, it it's gonna be hard seeing Tortorella not because I wanted him in Boston. I really did, but now. That door is closed. Bruce Cassidy being fired, and now and he found Vegas like quick. Vegas, Vegas must have had him on freaking speed dial. I mean, and then to get Shea Weber in a trade. Well, did you happen to see the Ducks? No. Uh, so the Anaheim Ducks. So again, we're not. I'm not on Twitter, but I see all this stuff on Instagram. People yeah. share this stuff, and it's like I, I think this is funny. So remember during the. Um, uh, trade deadline uh, this past season where the Ducks tried to trade somebody for uh, the player who um, Montreal got in this mm-hmm. trade. I can't remember the guy's name. And that, um, well, Anaheim tried to trade somebody for that player from Vegas, but apparently the trade didn't go through because they didn't hit it or they didn't get the trade off before the cutoff mark. Or the. The time. Yeah, the, the time. So so the trade didn't go through. It was... Null and void. Null and void. Player from Vegas stayed where he was at. Player from Anaheim stayed where he was at. 
And so the Ducks, now seeing this player being traded from Vegas to Montreal and Shea Weber going from Montreal to Vegas now, when they saw the headline that this trade went through, the Ducks came back and was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure this trade is good? <laughs> and people are like, if you know what we're talking about, you know. And if you don't know, it's because the Ducks tried to trade to get this exact same player, but they couldn't because they went past the trade to... deadline or the trade uh, time mark. So, but yeah, Shea Weber now possibly a Vegas Golden Knight because, man, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Shea's coming back. I, I mean, then again, would you would you? Uh, today, Junior, would you have made the trade for Shea if you thought Shea was not going to come back at all? No, I wouldn't have made the trade. So, there, so to, to quote the movie Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and so there's a chance that Shea Weber may actually come back to play because he didn't play at all this past season. He didn't come back at all. And, and there, there was talk that he was actually retired. There was actually talks that the reason why he hasn't suited up, he hasn't been at practice, he hasn't even been at training or anything, is because he has back problems, he has neck problems. It's like the guy is up there in age. He must be getting. He must be considering retirement. And and that was like the end of it. It was like okay, he's done. And that Shea Weber, it's it's sad to see him go out this way, but it happens. It happens to some players where they just can't continue even though they want to. But now you have this trade between Vegas and Montreal where Shea Weber is now going to go from Montreal to Vegas for one in exchange for one. It was a one-on-one e, player. Yeah, it was a event. E-V-G-E-N-I-I. Evgeny. Evgeny Daninov, Dado. Yeah, Daninov. Daninov. And that. Sorry, I did not mean to butcher your name. Uh, but I mean, you have a one-on-one player trade, and with a bit. I mean, Shea would bring in probably some ticket sales because he's a veteran. He's um, an all-star. He's a big name in uh, the hockey world. Um, Playing with Nashville, then Montreal, going to Stanley Cup Final uh, with Montreal um, uh, just last year and everything. I mean, he's a big name. He could be a ticket seller, but what are the? I, I just want to know what are his chances of him coming back? Because if he took the whole year off to just like recuperate, yeah, and Montreal was like, we're we're not we're not going to continue paying him. Or we don't want to renew a contract for a guy who is probably one foot out the door. Yeah. It's like, well, let's see if we can trade him. Oh, Vegas is interested. Yeah, let's make a trade. And Vegas is, if Vegas is that interested to acquire Shea Weber, then they must be thinking they need a veteran to play at least one year because Vegas is also, well, Vegas was looking for a head coach. Now you've got a head coach. Yeah. Uh, you got Bruce Cassidy, former Boston Bruins head coach, now he's Vegas. So, I guess they're looking for a leadership role on the ice. 
You need a veteran who's been in this league for a while to like come in. I wouldn't say you give Shea the C or anything. You're not going to give Shea Weber the C if he does come back to play. So, but you're going to look for this guy on the ice and see who's he paired up with, whose line is he on, and how much time is he really out there. And if he can stay healthy long enough, he could be a difference maker. But it's the if part. Let me throw this uh, little curveball at you. Yeah. Bergeron. Free agent. That, as much as much as it would pain you and I, it, he's a free agent. It would scare the living daylights out of me if he enters the free agency market. He goes to Vegas with his former head coach. Bruce wants him. Yeah. It, Bruce, you, said, you said that last week. I said it last week. Bruce Cassidy quoted saying he wants to bring Bergeron with him. So, if you have Eichel... Weber and, Berger, and Bergeron. If all three can be healthy, yeah, that would be a dangerous Vegas Golden Knights roster. I'm not. And I'm not saying those three would make the roster. Yeah, like they're 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 the make or break point of the of the Vegas Golden Knights. But if you can keep Eichel healthy and protected, if you got the likes of um, Bergeron who could be on the first or second line. Um, Shea Weber, who probably won't be on the first line of defense, but probably second line. But if you had all three on the power play unit, yeah. Oh, oh, that'd be dangerous. I, I, I wouldn't say Vegas would be like the favorites going into the next season if all that happened. But I mean, just the, I mean, what? It's all a matter of keeping all three healthy, all three safe. Shea and Patrice. Both leaders on the ice. Yeah. Both have worn the captain. C. They have both has worn it, the C. Has an Eichel? Eichel's won the C. Or worn the C. Yes, yeah. He, he's worn the C in Buffalo. So all three of them have worn the C. They, they have this leadership aspect in them. Um, I think Buffalo put the C on Eichel because he was a superstar and you put it on your best player. You put it on your best player. And uh, it's the same thing with. Crosby, when he entered the league, he played one year without it, and or one or two years without the C. He had an A, and then a couple of years later, he got the C. And Don Cherry said it best uh, back when Don Cherry was still doing uh, hockey night or hockey uh, hockey night in Canada. Yeah, hockey night in Canada. He said it best. He thought it, it was too soon to give Crosby the C, and that he's only played a couple of years. He needs to get mature. Yeah, and uh, he was still playing like he was still back in the OHL or something like that. And it's like I, I agree with that. You gave it to your superstar way too early, and then you and then the whole spiel about him being the new face of the league. It's like you, you're comfortable with the punk ass bitch being uh, <laughs> being the face of the league. Really? Okay. Boom! Charlie hits it out of the park. Um. So, I mean, you got those three guys' leadership qualities in them. And if all three are healthy and well in Vegas, new coach and the right system in place with Bruce Cassidy, Vegas could be a serious contender. I still believe Vegas could have been a serious contender this year. Yeah. Everybody wanted Vegas out because, oh, they they strive for success too soon. All, all the expansion teams have to go through that. A uh, sucky period. Well, apparently nobody told uh, who was it Arizona that uh, the sucky period would ever end. 
Because <laughs> Arizona's been going through the sucky period for the past 20-something years now, okay? And they're about ready to do it for another 30-something years. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Bergeron entering free agency, just, oh, my gosh. I hope it doesn't happen. But that, that does, you bringing up Bergeron does bring up uh, one thing that I saw uh, this past week. It's all these uh, scenarios of um, what could happen in the offseason for the Boston Bruins. Okay. Me and Brad were talking. And, uh, and Brad, who is our hockey insider, um, I, I asked him a few questions. I asked him what, did you th- what he thought about it. He gave me his answers. I was like, okay, I can kind of see it, kind of see it. And then he shed some light on the whole Bergeron thing and the whole Pasternak thing. Yeah. If Bergeron leaves to follow Bruce to Vegas, I wouldn't be – I mean, it would hurt. Yeah. But I don't think I'd be, like, wounded. Like, like my, my, my fanatic side for the Boston Bruins would not be mortally wounded where it's like, oh, right to the heart. Pasternak leaving because he's upset with the way the GM or management has handled the Bruce Cassidy situation where they told Bruce back in May, you're safe, you have a job. But now he got fired last week or two weeks ago, and now he's found a job within a week in Vegas. And Pasternak's not happy. Uh, I wouldn't be either. So, but before we get to that. Before we get to die, yes. Again, telekinesis. Telekinesis, we were thinking. The rabbit ear pointed the right right way there. Right angle. Yeah, right angle. So, Mike, what's next? we got so many tasty options. Uh, Do the high wire. High wire? Okay. So, this is another beer that uh, Mike brought for this week. So, Mike brought the uh, Broken Skull American Lager, and he brought this high wire. So, Mike, what's this high wire brewing? High wire is, uh, well, you got the... I bought you a glass. Yeah, you bought the glass, but tell us about the beer. The beer is called uh, Bed of Nails. It's a brown ale, malty and smooth. It is 5.5 alcohol by volume. Bed of Nails is crafted as an American ode to a traditional English brown. A light hop addition balances... The natural sweetness present in the specialty malt. This beer beer's delicate body and dry finish allow flavors of toffee and dark fruit to shine through. Good beer, good times. Brewed and canned by the Three Ring Brewing Company, Asheville, North Carolina. And I've had this beer before. I loved it. You love it. I All love right. it. All right. Well, let's see if I love it, too. So, three, two, one. Crack. Cheers. It's not bad. I mean, it's good. It's just, I've had brown ales before. It, it, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm not going to be like, wow, this is the best beer ever. Oh, I'm not saying but, it's the best beer ever. I'm just saying. I like it. it. It's pretty good. It probably tastes as dark as I think it is. But it, it also, it's not as heavy. 
I'm surprised it's 5.5% because when I'm I'm drinking this and I'm thinking this is 5.5 I feel like this should be like 7 or something yeah it, it feels that heavy almost but it's that but it's light to where it's 5.5 that's really interesting because when you think of a brown ale or you think of something that's really malty yeah and that you think this has got to be 7 probably reaching close to 8 but it's very smooth to probably that's why it is 5.5. So, yeah. Not bad. Man. Hitting a mile of the park with a beer. So, I, I'm just, yeah, because every time I take a sip, I'm like, wow. I, I feel like that should be stronger. I feel like that should be heavier. So. I just like the name. Bed of Nails? Yeah. <laughs> reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of you uh, 2 song. I can't think of the title of the song, but... All right. Back to the whole um, Boston Bruins offseason preview. So the, these are scenarios that I found um, on Instagram, and these are all scenarios I never thought of or would ever think of until it was too late. Like okay. something, like, moves would have been made, and I would have been like, oh, man, I never thought that was going to happen, or something like that. Okay. So there's... Um, Couple different scenarios here. So, with significant injuries to Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand, both of them required surgery, and then both being out until uh, about the same time frame, five to six months. Um, along with the potential retirement of Patrice Bergeron, because we don't know what Patrice is going to do yet, have um, have the Bruins stuck at somewhat of a crossroads. Boston doesn't have to rebuild. But they might choose to. So here's how the summer might go. The first scenario is the Pasternak question. Three weeks ago, it would be unthinkable to suggest that David Pasternak would leave the Boston Bruins this summer. Right now, the media seems to think it's more likely than not. If he's available, Pasternak will be the best player moved this offseason, coming off his fifth consecutive point-per-game season, and being only 26 years old. The return would be monstrous. Maybe the biggest ever if an extension is take is in place. Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles uh, Kings, and the New York, or not New York, New Jersey Devils are all logical landing spots with how deep this young player could go. I do think that the Bruins will ultimately extend Pasternak, says the source. So, if you're Boston, you definitely don't want to lose Pasternak. If you lose Bergeron, you definitely do not want to lose Pasternak. Right. You want to make sure everything... You want to do... You want to move mountains to make sure you do not lose Pasternak. Because if the Bruins lose Bergeron to either free agency or retirement, if he retires... It's an end of an era. That will be sad to see. But if he does move on and he does go to Vegas, like I said, it wouldn't kill me if he goes to Vegas. If he wants to play one year out there, one more year under Bruce. To get to, get, get to playoffs. and Playoffs or whatever. Then I, I'm not going to hate him for it. No. But if you lose Bergeron to free agency and then you trade Pasternak, you trade him. Because he's not happy with management. Right. With how they handle Bruce Cassidy. I'm going to treat it like the Tyler Sagan trade. I'm going to be freaking pissed off 
at Boston. I'm going to be freaking pissed off at Boston management because I still, to this day, I still hate Sorelli. Sorelli was the GM at the time who let this freaking trade happen where they traded freaking Tyler Sagan to Dallas for freaking Eric Carlson. Or, no, Erickson. Who is it? Carl Erickson. They traded, traded, I had the, the last and the first names mixed up, but they traded Erickson, and he didn't shit. Didn't do freaking anything with Boston. Tyler Sagan, superstar, down in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Freaking superstar. Freaking 19-year-old superstar. You traded away to freaking Dallas. Congratulations, Sorelli. You still, as of this moment, still have the worst trade in Bruins history by trading Sagan for Erickson. Congratulations, Sorelli. That's the reason why he got fired. Um, but if but if uh, this GM, Sweeney, for Bruins let Pasternak go, I'd feel like it would be I feel like it would be five times worse. Be five times worse if they traded Pasternak after letting Bergeron either go into free agency or if Bergeron retires, Bergeron retires. No, you, you can't help that. You can't help that. It's just the man saying my body can't continue it. I want to spend time with my family. I, I I think it's I think it's time. I'm done. You can't help that. But if he goes into free agency and and um, Boston's not interested in extending him one year. One year to keep him in in Boston one more time, then yeah, I see him going to Vegas. Um, but if you also lose Pasternak, now if Pasternak goes to Anaheim, I would be cheering my ass off for Anaheim next. Yeah, year. I'd, I'd be wearing a Ducks jersey every time the Ducks play, and I, I'd be sitting right next to Daniel or whatever. I'd be like, I am with you, buddy. I'd have a Pasternak Anaheim Ducks jersey. I'd be like, I'm with you. Go Ducks! But if he goes to L.A. or New Jersey. I'm going to freaking kick Sweeney's ass. So, that's one scenario. But the, according to this personality on Instagram, he believes that the Bruins will ultimately extend Pasternak. I want to believe they will, especially if you lose Bergeron. If you lose Bergeron, then you have to do everything you can to keep Pasternak. Correct. Because now you have more money to use to probably keep Pasternak. You don't have to worry about trying to extend Bergeron either. Before you before you get into the next scenario, yes, I do have something to tell you. I went and uh, I purchased me a Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Nice. Okay, I thought you were. <laughs> I was nice. I was doing it sheepishly because I was like, yeah, yeah, you're sitting in the chair like, don't hate me, don't hate me. <laughs> But yes, I went and purchased a, a Golden Knights jersey. It's on the bucket list, man. It's on the bucket list. I got list. it. I got it for a decent price, though, too. Oh, that's good. I got what, it. Off. What, what site did you get it from? Fanatics. Fanatics is always a good. Yeah, good, because good you got the, they. They always have this a deal going. Cool. All right, moving on. Scenario number two: replacing Patrice Bergeron. If Bergeron is gone, it leaves Boston without a viable number one center. And there won't be many opportunities to find one this offseason. Signing Kadri uh, from Colorado is the most straightforward backup plan, but that requires believing that his career best season at age 31 was more or less for real and not a fluke. Claude Giroux is the only other free agent number one center, although he's even older than Kadri and hasn't played all that much center in the last few years. 
JT Miller will be available, but Boston doesn't have the pieces to make the trade happen unless it's Poshnok for Miller, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense for either team. It's hard to see the Bruins filling Bergeron skates. I totally agree. Yeah. You lose Patrice Bergeron, that's going to be a freaking miracle in and of itself. You, you're going to have to tell somebody, look, the guy who was here before you, I can't. We don't have to tell you who he was. You know who he was. Yeah. But this is the number one center spot. You're on line one. You're the center. You're the face-off guy. You're the guy that we look to here to start these games. You got to put on your big boy pants and be like, okay, you 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 better be ready to take your game to a whole new level. Yeah. Now. You can't now. You're never going to fill the skates of Patrice Bergeron. No. You're never going to fill those skates. But you got to get damn near close if you're going to take that number one center spot. You got to be damn near close. I mean, no half-assing this shit. Can't be just be like, hey, I made it to Boston. I I took over Patrice Bergeron's spot. Hey, no. It's got to be. I got skates to fill. I'm not worthy to fill them, but I'm going to do my darndest. I'm going to play my ass off. I'm going to give 110% to make sure I am the best second choice center that the Boston Bruins has ever had. Because number one will always be Patrice Bergeron, in my opinion. If you had to choose anybody out of the lineup as who's the best center for Bruins, Bergeron. So you got to be sure that you come damn close to being number two. Agreed. Claude Giroux, I don't see. I, he is up there in age, and I don't want the likes of Claude Giroux. Not, don't hate me, Philadelphia. It's not because he played there. It's because of his age. I don't want him because of his age. And that, granted, he hasn't played that much at center either. He's not as old as Bergeron either. But because he's up there and he's least experienced, I don't want Claude Giroux. I would rather have Kadri. Kadri, who used to be a Toronto Maple Leafs player, I'd be okay with. He's a solid he's a solid player. And it sucks that he got hurt in the last series with the uh with the Edmonton. Yeah. And so far he hasn't played in the, in the Stanley Cup finals. But he has been skating. He has been practicing. So hopefully he does make a comeback at some point during these finals. But I would prefer Kadri over Claude. JT Miller, I can't remember who he plays for. I think it's Vancouver. I think it's Vancouver. Unless he, unless I'm mistaken and he got traded and I didn't keep up. I'm, but I, I, I don't know, Charlie. But JT Miller, the last time I remember his name coming up is because he was connected to Vancouver. So if he's still with Vancouver, JT Miller being younger probably would be better than out of the two. But again... The likes of you getting Miller from Vancouver would probably require a major trade. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not going to give up Pasternak for a center. No. You're not going to give up a winger for a center. You're you're not going to trade one first-line guy for another potential first-line guy. You're looking for that guy who's willing to fill in the shoes to be a first-line guy. You're not looking for somebody to, because now you just opened up a hole for – Another first line person. Yeah. To fill a Pasternak spot. And now you got to fill Pasternak shoes. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to do that. So I would prefer JT Miller, but again, it's a blockbuster trade. And the only way you're going to do that is you got to give up a blockbuster player. All right, moving on. Scenario number three 
fire sale. If the Bruins trade away Pasternak, you'd expect them to trade away more players. That might be hard. Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Nick Foligno, Hampus Lindholm, Linus Olmark, and somehow, bizarrely, Derek Forbar, Forbart would have, put, have partial or full no trade clauses. Jeremy Swayman and Brandon Carlo are young players worth keeping for the next generation for the Boston Bruins. Matt Greslick is going to is going to miss time next season after his surgery as well. That leaves Jake DeBrusque, who you can't I mean you just signed him, but yeah. again you could trade him. And that contract will now go to the next team. So you have Jake DeBrusque, Craig Smith, Mike Riley as the only people uh being moved this summer. It would be surprising if any of them got a big return. So this personality believes they're not going to get rid of Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, Nick Foligno, Lynn Holm, Allmark. You're going to keep Swayman, who's young, Brandon Car- Carlo, who's young. Um, you have Matt Grizzlick, who's young, but he's going to miss some time with surgery. Yeah. So he believes with the three names that the last three names mentioned, DeBrusque, Smith, and Riley, would be the only ones moved. That's if they also, um, and, and he's saying this fire sale only occurs if Pasternak gets traded. So if Pasternak gets traded, those last three names mm-hmm. would be included in the fire sale. You get rid of those three. But, real quick, I want to go back to what I asked uh, Brad, because the names on that list I asked Brad about. I said, please, Brad, please give me a check or an X on the following players who you think will be staying in Boston next season. The players are Foligno, Lindholm, Coyle, Marshan, Allmark, and Gresling. He said the only two he sees possibly going to different teams on the list is Foligno and Gresling. The rest will stay. I could, I could see uh, Foligno, Foligno. Foligno. Yeah. Foligno opens up cap space. Yeah. I see him and I'm I'm with I'm with Brad on this. Grizzlick would hurt though. Grizzlick would hurt because I like him. I do too. I mean he, he he's not the um he's not the playmaker that uh we would all like him to be. Yeah. But he does have his moments. But to have Occasional moments for something else that's out there on the trade market. I mean, it depends on what's out there. Exactly. You don't know who's out, who else is out there. I mean, we're focusing on Boston because you and I are both Boston Bruins fans, and we care about this team so much to where we want to go down this whole what-if scenarios. Yeah. And that our listeners may think, who cares about who Boston? Who gives a flying... Yeah. yeah, who gives a f- about Boston? But it doesn't matter what they think. It's what we think. Because that this is our team. Boston yeah. is our team. Our listeners in Philly will be like, "Who gives a flying f- about Boston? I hope they trade everybody away." I don't think you're going to trade DeBrusque. No, you just signed him to a new contract. Unless you really did not want to sign him to that contract. And Didn't DeBrusque ask to be traded? He asked and- to be traded, but then he agreed to an extension. I mean, does it make sense to try and trade him away now? Because now if you trade him away after you've made this uh, extension deal with him, that that just brings more bad blood to the to the organization. Yeah. After you telling Cassidy, your job is safe in May. Well, oh, then. Oh. 
It's the it's mid June. Your job's not safe anymore. Something came up, which I think is still bullshit. If you tell a man his job is safe and he has the expectation that he's going to have a nice off season and get ready to rebuild and everything, or have to deal with Bergeron and stuff like that, then I would. Th- if I was Bruce and I saw this whole, hey, you've been fired, I would have been like, what? I would have been totally shocked, blown away. I would have been totally like, whoa, 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 hold up. What happened? What did I do? I haven't done anything. I've been golfing the last couple of weeks since we got eliminated by Carolina. What have I done? I think this is. I think it's total bullshit that he got fired. I'm not a fan. I mean, it did open up to a, to a possible dream opportunity for us Burns fans where we love John Tortorella and we would love to see him be the coach of the Boston Bruins, but that didn't happen either. But now it's like, wait a minute. So what happened in the span of a couple weeks Yeah. to where Bruce Cassidy was told by general management, your job is safe, to you've been let go? What, did, what happened? I really want to know what happened. We don't know what happened. That's the problem. We don't know what happened. What we have is a... What we have is Bruce Cassidy coming out and saying that he was told that his job was safe in May. And then we have Bruce Cassidy has been fired, and we also now have David Pasternak, who is pissed off and thinking about leaving and asking and possibly asking for a trade out of Boston. Yeah. And Patrice Bergeron. We have a shitstorm on our hands. But DeBrusque, if DeBrusque gets traded after making a extension deal, that's more bad blood for the organization, and I think Boston's going to suffer next season. 2022-2023 season, bad season coming, if that happens. Bad blood, trying to get anybody to come and play for you on potential... You can't say it's a guaranteed contract anymore, because if you get rid of DeBrusco after an extension, I wouldn't feel safe. If you're, if you're Coyle, you're Marshan, you're whoever, McAvoy, I wouldn't feel safe coming back and playing for this organization. I mean, how are you going to trust general management? You don't. If they get rid of Smith, they get rid of Riley, okay, fine, they get rid of those two. With the whole aspect if Pasternak also gets traded away. So the mini fire cell. Again, they get rid of Pasternak, I'm going to be freaking pissed. You should do everything in your in their power to keep the Pasternak. No. He's 26 years old. He's had five consecutive seasons where he's been absolutely lights out. And, and okay, fine, he's mad. But now you have to do your job as management to try and appease him to stay. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he, he's threatening the prospect of being traded. He's threatening that if you can't make this right with me, it's the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. It's like an Aaron Rodgers thing in the Packers. I There's bad blood between Pasternak and Sweeney. Yeah. Just like there was bad blood between Rodgers and general management with Packers. And they did everything, and the Packers apparently did everything they could to where Rodgers actually considered to stay a year. But the thing, the thing with that is, they let one of their best receivers go out to Vegas. That's true. And now, okay, who the hell... But if you let Bergeron go out to Vegas, then maybe that opens up the cap space for Pasternak. That that is a a weird 
scenario right there. Because you have two different franchises. Two different total sports. But you almost have the exact same scenario. Yeah. Because if you let Bergeron go, let's say Bergeron does want to play one more year, but... He goes to Vegas But Boston's Bruce not willing to pick up his contract, and so he goes into free agent, and Bruce Cassidy gives him a call and says, hey, I've talked to the guys over here in Vegas. We are eyeing you. Have your agent call us, or we'll call your agent or something. Yeah. If Bergeron goes, then I hope they appease Pasternak, because if they can't appease Pasternak, I'm going to be pissed off at Sweeney. Just like I was pissed off at Sorelli for the last however many years after he made the trade to Dallas with Ty- for Tyler Sagan. Stupid-ass trade. Because Sagan was awesome in 2013 playoffs. He was excellent in the 2013 playoffs. And then the very next year, they traded him. It's like, you freaking idiot. There's a reason you got fired a couple years later. <laughs> There's a reason you got fired. It wasn't because you wasn't because of anything you did in the office. It's because of what you did with the roster. You messed with something that would have been excellent, perfect. Would have made Boston a freaking machine. For years. And instead, you traded a superstar to Dallas, and he connected so well with uh, Jamie Benn, the captain of Dallas. And now it's just like, when you think of Dallas Stars, you think Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn. Yep. The two are synonymous. All right. Next scenario. The bargain buys. The best case scenario for the for the Boston Bruins is Bergeron is coming back. Pasternak gets his extended. And probably DeBrusque being dealt away. Why would you still trade DeBrusque away? He's been signed. This, Okay, whatever. This who, person, who, who is this guy? I don't know who this guy is, but this person believes that um, the Bruins would probably... They would do everything... This So this is the best case scenario, for according to this guy. You do everything in your power to keep Bergeron and Poshnok, but you deal DeBrusque away after his extension. That's... That's why wiping your ass before you take a shit. Even still, Boston will have almost no cap space to deal with two of their better everyday defensemen expected to miss multiple months. So P.K. Subban sticks out to to this person as an interesting uh, reclamation project. I guess that's how you say that word. Um, I didn't pass English. As someone who has been productive but could sign for a league minimum to cup chase after his horrible run in New Jersey. I would agree. P.K. Subban did nothing for New Jersey. Well, Um, Lindsey Vaughn didn't help him at all either with that. The 35-year-old Mark Stahl had a better season than some think, leading the Red Wings defenseman in X goals percentage and could lead a third pair role for the league minimum. So this person so this person thinks the best case scenario is you keep Bergeron for a year. You get Pasternak extended. You trade away DeBrusque after he agreed to a deal around the trade deadline and then you try and pick up a major or a vet, uh, I, I would say a veteran, a veteran defenseman, to take to fill in the gap at in the defensive line, uh, McAvoy being out. I would love to see PK Subban in a Boston Bruins jersey. That, I mean, that would explode Montreal <laughs> fans' minds. 
to see P.K. Subban in a, I mean, in a freaking Boston Bruins jersey after he's played with Montreal for so I mean, it blew my mind when he got traded to freaking Nashville, Nashville for Weber, a one-on-one trade. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was still blowing my mind. Still. Um, I'm trying to envision PK in a, in a... Black and gold? Black and gold. That's kind of hard, man. I don't... I, I would like to see it, because yeah. I can't vision it in my head. But if he... I mean, let's say this is the best case scenario, and the best case scenario happens, even though DeBrus gets traded away, which is still dumb as F. Oh, my God. Whoever this guy is, did you not pay attention to the trade deadline... DeBrus got extended for, like, five years or something. It's like, come on. Why would why would Boston do that? Or the team or the team that they get. You of minor players to make room for DeBrusque and a potential defenseman at league minimum, which is like 750K. If that's league minimum, sign me up. Shit, I'll play. I can't skate. I'll be a defenseman. Somebody I don't know how good Mark Stahl is. I'm 43 years old. Sign me up. I'll play league minimum. I mean, if you got to find a defenseman to fill in the hole with uh, McAvoy being out for six months, then, okay, you fill up the hole for somebody who is willing to take league minimum. I don't think PK is going to be willing to take league minimum. Mark Stahl? Maybe. He's 35. PK? Eh. You may have to bump it up a little bit. But, I mean, if you got the cap space to do it. Do it. Do it. Because I, I agree. I, I Again, I totally think P.K. Subban in New Jersey did absolutely nothing to his career. Didn't further New Jersey into any kind of contention run or anybody thinking New Jersey was a threat in the East at all. It's like, and I was still shocked that P.K. went to New Jersey. I mean, it's like, golly. I mean... I, I will say this until the day I die. New Jersey is the armpit of America. And yet they're somehow in our top five list in states. One bad experience in New Jersey has ruined it ruined it for you all. <laughs> Just ruined it completely. Ruined it. Uh, that and, and what? New Jersey will never be graced with the appearance of Mike Kilmer ever again. <laughs> Not unless I go back to Philadelphia, but I'm going to end up staying in Philadelphia. <laughs> Guys, Philadelphia, I will let you know when I'll be. I will be coming to uh, visit you all again. Ha- ha- roll out the red carpet for me at uh, Lincoln Financial or or the Fargo Center or uh, Citizens Bank Park. I think that's where the Phillies play. What is it? Citizen, citizen. Yeah, I, I think it's citizens. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I did. Speaking of which, I forgot I had two Philadelphia batting practice hats. So, guys, maybe next week I'll be wearing a Philly batting practice hat for you all to show my love to the to the great city of Philly. Brotherly love. Brotherly love. The only fans in American sports history that'll boo Santa Claus. <laughs> And throw snowballs at him. All right, final scenario. This is it. The new coach. If the Bruins intend to weather a rough few months and aim for the playoffs next season, then Peter DeBoer 
former coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, is the perfect fit as the new coach. Uh, this person is not all that big of a fan of this coach, uh, Peter, but it's undeniable that he's a high-floor coach when there's enough talent on the roster. A more future-looking direction combined with the shady way the team fired Bruce Cassidy agreed it was very shady after telling him he was safe in May would make the Boston job radioactive to any coach with a name value. Giving former Bruin Mark Savard his first NHL coaching gig feels like a good match in this case. I do remember Savard. He was on the 2011 Boston Bruins Cup team. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to be coach <laughs> of the Boston Bruins. I mean, granted, again, I do agree. It, the The way they fired Cassidy was shady. It has made the whole organization radioactive. Yeah. The Bru- Remember when we were dogging on Buffalo and the whole... Eichel getting surgery outside of the team doctors or a team approved doctors and everything yeah. for his neck. This, that is how it feels right now for the Boston Bruins. Agreed. And if you're a fan of the Boston Bruins like us, <coughs> it's hard to even I wouldn't say it's hard to be connected with, but it feels like the relationship is sour. It's like there's some bad blood here. There's some trust issues here. Something happened behind closed doors to where you told Bruce he was safe in May to a few weeks later he's fired and now he's got a new job in Vegas. You've now, and then Pasternak not being happy. A major young star not being happy. A coach being blindsided by a firing. You've now made your organization, the whole organization, radioactive from the roster to the coaching to the un, to the vacant coaching spot to the general manager box of Don Sweeney. You've made the whole organization radioactive. People are afraid right now. If you're a Boston Bruins fan, you are in uncharted territory because I always thought that the rebuild for Boston was going to be in increments. Yeah. Like, one guy goes, you fill in that spot. Another guy goes, you fill in the spot. It's a... it's a. You're like plugging in the holes. You're, you're just filling it in as you go. <laughs> you're just filling in the spots as you go. But instead, we have a freaking shitstorm on our hands where you fired a coach out of nowhere, you got a young major superstar threatening to be traded, now you have to try and appease him as best you can with any kind of remaining cap space if you have it, which means you have to get rid of some players, which I do believe Feligno is gone. Feligno would be gone. If you're going to make more cap space, you don't get rid of DeBrus, you get rid of Smith, you get rid of Riley. Again, you got to go for the guys who are lower on the totem pole. You just resigned so, DeBrus. Well, let, me, let me ask you this question. Let me throw this scenario at, at you. Monkey wrench. <laughs> you and me were big on Taylor Hall. Yes. We we, we wanted him to yeah. go to Boston. Yes. So, what if you trade Taylor Hall or let him go? They signed Taylor Hall to a con- to a contract, yes. right? It wasn't a one-year deal. It wasn't that they just picked him up yeah. during 
the trade deadline. It was they signed they, they signed him to a deal. Okay. He's got a multi, I think he's got a multi-year deal. I don't know how many I can't remember how many years, but I do believe they I don't, they picked him up in the trade deadline last year and then, then they and then they the signed, signed him. Okay. I again I mean, why would I'm you just, invest this money in these guys if you're going to just trade them? I mean, I get to do, some. Do you, do, but do you see what I'm trying? I mean, I'm not saying. I don't. I mean, if if you're asking me if who would I choose between either giving up Hall or DeBrusque in order to keep Pasternak and Bergeron? Yeah. Fine. I'll. I'll fine. I'll. I give in. Trade DeBrusque. I'd rather have Taylor Hall than DeBrusque. Okay. If the, maybe that's what I was asking. If that's the question, then that's my answer. My answer is you get rid of DeBrusque to keep Taylor Hall. But if you're but if the question is like what do you think about the Bruins getting rid of Hall instead of DeBrusque, then please tell me who you're getting in return first. Yeah. Because if you're going to get somebody who's up there in Hall's caliber, or if you're just looking for somebody to take whatever minimum cap space you have, so that way you can use the rest of the cap space for Bergeron and Pasternak, then I'm going to say no deal. No thank you. But if you have to get rid of somebody to make cap space, and it's between Hall and DeBrusque, I've said it. I've said it for the past couple minutes now. Why would you trade DeBrusque? You made a deal, but now if you're making me choose between two guys who have actual deals, yeah, I choose DeBrusque. Okay, and I, I trade DeBrusque. Okay, I'd keep all. I mean, the whole the whole scenario it, is just, just. Last week it was all funny. I told Brad last week was all funny games. Yeah. Me, me by myself, it was all funny games because I, I had a dream scenario where John Tortorella is going to be the coach of the Boston Bruins. Posh and is going to come back. It's going to be la la la. It, it's going to be. You were, li- you were living in fairyland. It, it's unicorns and rainbows. Last week was all unicorns and rainbows. John Tortorella coming to Boston Bruins. Oh my gosh, it's a dream come true. Now I have to face reality. This week it's reality check. We are dealing with a radioactive situation here between the, with the Boston Bruins organization. What freaking happens next in the in the coming months? Oh my gosh, roller coaster! Now you have me coming back and shitting on your dreams. I would say it was you. Yeah. I, I would say that the conversations that I had with Brad, yeah, over this past week, where I was like, "Dude, me and Mike need to talk about this." Because well, this shit is real, this shit is serious, and it's freaking scary. I, I let me let me throw throw this idea at you. So next week, let's try to get Brad in if we can. Okay. And try to get Ryan in. We can have this a round table discussion about things. We'll get Brad's Brad's opinion. And Ryan's opinion. I, I know, I think we can get Ryan in. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if we can get Brad in. Brad on short notice. Short notice. Yeah. We can look into that. Okay. We can look into that. Maybe get we'll... get have a have a hockey round table. Yeah. That, that's a good idea. And that but yeah, I mean it's just I mean, the these situations, these scenarios 
weren't real yeah. or apparent to me last week because all I saw was <gasps> Bruins fired Cassidy. Wow, that's amazing. <gasps> Chuck Chuck Tortorella. Tortorella. <laughs> I mean that I mean that's kinda how my brain worked. It was like, oh that sucks. But anyway, John Tortorella is still available. It's like that. I mean, it was like, ooh, hey, look, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. And that I, I chased the next big thing, and then now it's like, okay, John Tortorella is now hired by Philly. The coaching job is still vacant as of this recording. Brad says Trotz is coming to Boston. To be honest with you, I don't see Barry Trotz coming. To Boston. I mean, if he's the next best pick, yes, I would take him. I would take Trotz. Would I be upset if Peter DeBoer came after his one year in Vegas? No. I wouldn't be mad. Disappointed? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe a little disappointed. But if you get Barry Trotz, it's like, that's a, that's a big name. That's a big name. But again, it's a radioactive situation here. It is very... This we got to treat the situation with kid gloves. I mean, this is very scary for the average Boston Bruins fan right now. I mean, I mean, we get players come and go. Coaches get fired and hired all the time. Come and but, go. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. We get it. But to see it happen to an organization who over the past, I'd say, decade, if not more, just consistently put out an effort to where they got to the playoffs almost year after year after year from 2011 on. I mean, just over and over again. I don't think there's been one year where Boston missed since 2011. Not to my recollection. No, I don't think they missed. And if they missed, I totally, I missed it. You blacked out. (laughs) I blacked out. I was like, wait, what was that year? Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. But to have that kind of consistency to where Boston's always in the conversation to now Boston is in the conversation of, oh, shit, we got a major rebuild possibly on our hands. It's like, I did not see the rebuild coming. I was hoping the rebuild would be small. In increments. And it would happen in increments. It would be, oh, it sucks, Bergeron's retiring. But, hey, look who they got. Yeah. And that, or a couple years down the line, Marshan retires or gets traded or something. It's like, oh, man, Marshan got traded. And then it'd be like, oh, but hey, I, I think. We got Austin Matthews. I think we got whoever. I mean, yeah, whoever it is. Austin Matthews is a stretch. <laughs> I was just, I'm, th- I'm throwing names on the walls I, like I, shit to see what I, I get it. I get it. You're throwing names. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah. That would be all freaking amazing, though. Austin Matthews in a Bruins jersey. Oh. Uh, well, he is from the state of Massachusetts. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see how well this episode uh, ages. ages. <laughs> Down the line, it, it, and uh, I, I could mean, be a soothsayer. And uh, you, you could have called it right, man. Be like two years later. Be like, didn't you call it? <laughs> let's let's go back and listen to episode seventy six. Yes, seventy six. Ooh, seventy six. Well. Got anything else, Mike? I mean, we we kind of covered the Boston Bruins <laughs> crisis pretty pretty, <laughs> pretty in depth. Pretty in depth here. I mean, if anybody has any doubts or any like like 
Any what ifs, questions, or whatever? I mean, I think we pretty much covered it all. I mean, unless, for the most part, yeah. Unless there's something we didn't address, send send us a message or an email or something, guys. But yeah, I, I but like I was saying, I was like, we went that, from original six to we just John went Tortorella <laughs> to the whole. Hey, the Boston Bruins crisis is yeah. kind of getting scary, dude. I think that's the I think that's the name of the episode. Episode seventy six, the Bruins crisis, the Boston Bruins crisis. I mean, we didn't even cover. We've gone nuclear. <laughs> that's the <laughs> or radioactive. Def, take it to Defcon two. <laughs> if you don't have anything, that's fine. Um, if you do, I just say we're ten minutes over. Ten minutes over. Let's wrap it. Okay. Well, actually, I have a last call idea. Okay. Uh, I was thinking about this at work. and that, So, over the course of a couple years, I, I've made a list of, like, top four or five, I'd call them celebrities. Okay. And they can involve sports, because my list does involve at least one guy from the sporting world. Okay. The sports world. And uh, um, it would be, like... If you could hang out with four major celebrities for a day, shenanigans galore with all four of these per- oh. four, four or five, <laughs> <laughs> and that who would they be? And my list changes all the time, or I expand the list. Yeah. So here are my. Um, I'll give you the first three off the top of my head. I can't remember who the fourth one is, but it's like four. I have like yeah. four names. So. One is Guy Fieri. Gotta have a food guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gotta have a food guy. Um, um, Chip Gaines from uh, Fixer Upper. Uh, okay. Chip and Joanna. I, some of his antics are good. I, I think I think me and him would get along great. <laughs> and uh, and if you haven't if you haven't read or listened to the audiobook of his, uh, it's uh, called Capital Gains. He he wrote the book. He even narrates the audiobook. It's so cool. Okay. I don't I totally recommend the book. Um but Chip Gaines would be like he's the crazy guy. Like you got Guy Fieri who's the food guy. You got Chip Gaines who's gonna bring the fun. And I, Well, Guy Fieri could bring fun too. Yeah, Guy Fieri can bring fun too, but I mean you you need a foodie. Yeah. You need somebody who's gonna be a foodie. And I, and so the third guy I, I really cannot forget the fourth member. Of the of my top four, but uh, the four the third member would be Shaquille O'Neal. I like Shaquille. Uh, I, outside of the basketball card, he 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 is a very fun and entertaining guy. I would he, have to. He is a very good human human being, and I would love to hang out with him for one day, one day. And so it would be Shaquille O'Neal, Guy Fieri, Chip Gaines. Those would be my top three guys that I would want to hang out with for one day. So. Your thoughts? I mean, do you have uh, a list? I, I, I do have a list, but my thoughts on yours, that, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be a pretty fun day, wouldn't it? I don't know too much about Chip, but Shaq and Guy, that that would be... That would be awesome. <laughs> I was going to try to do a Shaq, and I can't. It ended up going into a Donald you went, Trump. You went nosedive into <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump. Yeah. But, Donald. yeah... I I mean that that would be a good time. So what what's your list, Mike? 
four four people that I would want to hang out with for a day. Yeah. I number one would probably be Dave Matthews. Just the just the because he's he's kind of goofy and whatnot. You know, like on stage, I would I would have to say Dave. Be number one. Dave Matthews. All right. Number two. Totally on the other other end of the spectrum in the music world, be Corey Taylor. Okay. Of, of Slipknot and Stone Sour, because I've read his books, and every time I read his books, I hear his voice in my head reading <laughs> along with narrating what I'm reading. And I hear, I don't know if that's weird. No, I mean... I mean that—that's the way it was when I read the Chip. I, I had first read the Chip Gaines book, Capital Gains, and I read it as if Chip was actually speaking. And then when I found the audiobook and I listened to the audiobook and it's actually Chip yeah. reading it, I was like, "Oh, this is ten times better. This is so. This is totally ten times better." Yeah. So, so yeah, I get that. So Dave Matthews and Corey Taylor. All right. So you got music. You got music covered pretty much. Yeah. Sports, uh, I would have to add another per. Uh, I would have to add a five if you don't mind. That's fine. So I said four to five. I mean, okay. I, the so, only reason I came up with the only reason I said three is because that's all I could think of. I couldn't think of the four. Another five. person I would and I would love to hang out with is freaking Charles Barkley. So I'd hang out with Shaq. Yeah. You'd hang out with Charles. Chuck. Oh my gosh! Wow. I love Shaq, but I like Charles Barkley too. I'm just like. He's got that. Barkley, Barkley is. Um, see, when when it comes to the whole Shaq versus Barkley, like on TV yeah. and how they interact, I identify more with Shaq than I do with Charles. Well, um, that's, you, that's, you, that's why I go more towards. Shaq. Well, he was Barkley was more of in the in the Jordan era, so I would have to. I get that. I get I, that. I would have to go with Chuck. I, I mean. I would love to hang out with Michael Jordan, but I would hang out with Chuck because okay. he's got a he's got a personality. He, he does. He has a really fun personality too. And then number four would be CM Punk. I I can understand that. I I would I I couldn't go have a beer with him. No. But you know I go. I, I pick mean, his, I would pick his brain. But I mean, spending a whole day with all these guys, though. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if you guys went somewhere. Yeah. And, and hey, at least you got a designated driver. <laughs> CM Punk, yeah. Be my CM Punk's your designated driver. But I mean, yeah, I just I would pick his brain about a lot of things: his wrestling career, his MMA career. He's been in a couple of TV. Movies and whatnot. Right. So I pick his brain about that. And finally, this will be no shock to you. Okay, who is it? My fifth person. No shock to you. Anna Kendrick. My celebrity crush. Oh, oh okay. Anna Ke- Okay. It took me a moment. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, flew over the head. It was like, wait, who? Okay, Anna Kendrick. Anna, okay. Anna Kendrick, yes. So, all right. So you got one. So you have one crush to hang out with. 
and then a side piece. And that, and then the and then all the guys are like trying to pick up your jaw from the ground, like, hey, stop drilling, dude. They'll be like, they did and you're not shit. I can't even do Charles Barkley. And I was good. Terrible don't, don't be a knucklehead, man. Don't, don't be, be a knucklehead. knucklehead. That's just terrible, man. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Daniel can do it way better than me. I know he can. Yeah. He's done it numerous times. And that. Uh, but yeah, I, th- those those be my five. That's not bad. So I never thought of a female uh, to be part. If of it, and if it couldn't be, it couldn't be Anna Kendrick. It'd be either Jennifer Lawrence or Jennifer Aniston. I go with Jennifer Lawrence. Over, over, I, I, nothing wrong with Jennifer Aniston, but if it was my pick, Jennifer Lawrence, and maybe you can try and convert her to be a uh, UK Wildcats fan because she roots for Louisville. It'd be a house divided. And that because uh, was it um, Jennifer Lawrence roots for Louisville? Josh uh, Hutchinson, I think that's his name. Yeah. And from the because both of them were. Oh. Hunger Games or whatever, and they're both from the state of Kentucky. So she roots for Louisville. He roots for Kentucky. I identify with him. <laughs> or, or if you want a girl that roots for Kentucky, Ashley Judd. I I know she roots for Kentucky, but at the same time, it. I don't need a reasoning. It's it's fine. It, it, her time has come, come and, and gone. gone. That's my only reason. <laughs> That's my excuse. That's it. Okay. But I never thought to add a girl to my four because I always was thinking it'd be a guy's night out kind of thing. It'd be a guy's day where we just have fun. We do crazy shit. We, I mean, we could do whatever we want. Golf. And I, I mean, we could play. We could, yeah, golf. Go, go out to a bar. Go hang out somewhere. Maybe, guy will. Take you to one of his restaurants. Take us to a restaurant that he knows about. I mean, something. I mean, yeah, it'd just be a guy's day where we just have a guy day where we talk. We just have fun as guys. And you need that. Guys need to have guy days. I mean, if girls can have girl days or girl dates with other girlfriends, it's like, why can't guys do the same thing? And why does it always have to revolve around sports when it comes to that? Why can't it just be two guys or a couple guys having a good time Drinking a beer, having some good food, making some laughs, and having a good time. Why can't it be just that? And that and that's what I want. I, that's kind of the whole purpose of the list and everything is just to hang out with those three or four or five guys and just be like, I just want to have a good day. I want to have a day where I look back and be like, man, that was awesome. Agreed. We're having that day tomorrow. I'm not a celebrity. Well, we're B. You and me are B celebrities. D. We're D. D, D, we're, we're, D, D. We're, we're not F. We're not failing. We're, we're not failing. And that, what the f- was that? I, I'm trying to do an F. Gang signs over there? I, I'm trying to do an F, but it ain't, it's not coming out right. There we go. That's what she said. <laughs> On that I, note, let's end uh, episode 76. Mike. <laughs> I love you, buddy. I love you. Good to have you back. Yeah. You needed me. Yes, I did. And uh, please tell Drop the Gloves Army where they can find you and the show. Guys, you can find the show on Facebook at Drop the Gloves Podcast number one. You can also find me on Twitter at Gloves Mike. Charlie. Uh, I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to scold you here for a second real quick. Oh. When you had your your own personal IG account, which you probably don't have anymore, 
since you run the shows. Yeah. Don't give my personal. Okay. I, it, it's. It, it just came it, out. Just came out. Okay. They, they can follow me on Gloves Mike and on Facebook. Okay. Guys, if you listen to the Drunken Ramblings of Charlie, episode 75, uh, disregard the whole Instagram thing with Mike. Just. Just act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> Charlie, you're fine. I, I know you did. We've done it twice. We've done it a few times, and both were my my idea, my fault. So sorry. All right, guys, you can follow the show on Instagram at Drop the Gloves Podcast, all lowercase, all one word. Check us out over there for all the beer, sports, and shenanigans that take place in between these episodes. Subscribe and share. The podcast where you can find it on streaming podcast platforms such as Anchor.fm, our hosting platform. Thank you, Anchor, for 76 episodes strong. Check out their uh, partner platform, Spotify. And we are also on major platforms such as Apple, Amazon Music, and Mike's favorite, Google. F you, Google. I am co-host Charlie. And I am co-host Mike. And we will see you next time in the penalty box. 